Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. My guest today on the A-Game Podcast, Anthony Siopa. He is part of the DM Alliance with me. Shout out to Mark Evans. If you're watching, you can see the shirt over here. But he's somebody who does something a little bit unique. He has structured annuity and structured settlements, and he finds ways to get cash out now that you can reinvest in things, whether you're the average bear that you want money for home renovations, car loans, debt consolidation, education. He's got all kinds of different stories that we're going to talk about during this. For examples, he's used for people that he's gotten into some really cool stuff. And especially on the investor side, there's ways that you can... Uh, use this to help get yourself some funding for your own real estate deals. So it's a really interesting thing from lottery winners to personal injury or wrongful death suits. He, he talks a little bit about a, what a structured settlement is, and then some of the benefits of how somebody like him can come in and help you get some more money out of it now and use that to open up some options and reinvest. We talk about a lot of principles too, of marketing, a lot of this stuff, if you're a business owner a realtor or real estate investor, you run a jujitsu Academy and MMA gym, it comes down to lead generation and how do you market for clients? How do you talk to people? How do you connect with people? How do you follow up? Why do you follow up? Where do you follow up between direct mail, texting, cold calling? How do you track those things? What type of systems do you have in place? So it is the basic and essentials of business. And it comes down to a pretty interesting thing where I don't care what the product is. The principles of it are the same. So when we do it, we do it for distressed sellers. When he's doing, he's doing to bring uh, light to people who might have had some sort of structured settlement that they could use his help for. But I like it because it applies to anybody that listens to this podcast that's a business owner. You're going to take tips away from that. And we also discuss just how circles and masterminds and mentoring and stuff can help you grow. Why would you want to do that? What's a good fit for you? What would be the benefits for you from getting into different rooms and different circles, as well as some basic principles of investing? He goes over some rules and some theories of some stuff that really checks out now that helps you make some quick decisions on what's a good investment, what's a bad investment. So a lot of really good info. Great guy. Uh, again, again, very unique background that he has that uh, I haven't had anybody on the show yet that covers that kind of stuff. So very much appreciate Anthony coming on. Uh, fellow Italian, fellow DM member. I'm going to be seeing him soon out in Florida. So I look forward to connecting with him. But thank you so much for coming on. I thought he did a fantastic job and he gave really unique, great info that uh, I don't think a lot of people are aware of that are out there that he shed some light on. And again, we talk about going basically to the ponds that other people aren't at. And that's a little bit about what he talks about, how he's changing the game and doing some things a little bit different than the historical competitors in his field have done. So I just think at the time in the market that we're at right now, where people are shifting and pivoting and changing directions, it's great advice to help you as a real estate investor or a business owner in all shapes or forms, really uh, put some more leads in and put some more money in your wallet. So thank you so much for Anthony coming on. Thank you for you guys listening. Definitely check the show notes for all the ways to connect with him. And while you're there, of course, while you're on your computer, go to nicknicknick.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S. And when you go there, you'll see all the ways to subscribe to the A-Game podcast, whether it's on Spotify or Apple or any of the places you go to get your podcast, including YouTube. You can watch he and I have these conversations. And while you're on nicknicknick.com slash links, please 
Follow us on social media from Instagram to TikTok to YouTube to Facebook to all the different things we have. We have a Facebook group. We have, uh, we're basically everywhere. So please follow, please like, please subscribe. It really goes a long way. And we have amazing guests that come on every single week and give information for you guys for free for over 200, almost 250 episodes now. So the only fee for this show is to please interact with the social media. It goes a long way, not only for getting the podcast out there, but so that when I share the clips from this episode, the guests see that you guys are watching and you guys are enjoying the content that they're giving. So a thumbs up, a little fist bump, a share, a tag, a like, it takes two seconds. You guys are scrolling on social media anyway. Please just go out of your way where you're scrolling to like the post or comment on the post. It really, really helps on many different levels. I can't thank you enough. As well as the fact that if you are looking for a free checklist to bring more values to your buyers, if you're a real estate agent, broker, or wholesaler, go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets for your free checklist. And last but certainly not least, I am here to do real estate with you guys. So whether you're a new beginner, experienced, whatever it might be, text me directly if you want to discuss real estate. 516-540-5733. Again, 516-540-5733. Is a direct way for you to connect with me and just text the word real estate. And then we could find out do you want to buy properties from me? Do you want to sell properties to me? Or do you want to have a conversation? I don't even know how we can work together, but you'd like to figure out if there's a way we can do some deals together, a partner. Text me directly, 516 540 5733. Thank you so much, Anthony. Thank you for the DM Alliance, Mark Evans, and for all you guys listening, A Game Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great day. All right, my guest today is a structured settlement and annuity specialist. He's the owner of American Annuity Funding, about to celebrate his seventh consecutive year in successful business. He helps investors and business owners see how they can get cash now from their annuities and structural settlements and has other ways that you can get more options for funding for things like cars, businesses, down payments, education, renovations, debt consolidation, and so much more. Not only is he a dog lover and a fitness enthusiast like myself, but he is also a member of the DM Alliance. Shout out to Mark Evans, where we connected. And I love masterminds and connecting with good people like that, that are uh, experts and stuff that I don't really know a lot about. So we talked for a little bit. I was blown away with what you're doing, and I couldn't wait to get you on the A-Game podcast. So everybody, please welcome my friend, Anthony Siopa. Yeah, appreciate you having me and the, the opportunity to kind of spread a message that I've found a lot of people don't even know this type of industry or this product exists. So really good to bring some attention to it. And that's a heck of an introduction. <laughs> you definitely did your research on me. So I appreciate it, man. Now you get good stuff, man. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was cool. Again, I, I, I have a lot of conversations, but I hadn't really had one with anybody that does what you do. So I think you had a really cool niche that is uh, interesting to everybody. You know, like we were talking a little bit about earlier. Yes, it's geared a little bit more towards real estate investors, but some of the other stuff we were talking about, it helps with education. I know there was some stories you had about people getting like uh, money for like their nursing degrees and just a lot of opportunity that I don't think anybody really knows is out there, which is, which is really pretty cool. So, you know, getting that ball rolling for people who maybe don't know about you yet, can you give a little bit of a 30,000 foot view of who you are and where you came from? Yeah, no problem. So I was born and raised down in South Florida, pretty much grew up my whole life in the Fort Lauderdale area. The only time I haven't lived in South Florida was like my four years up in Tallahassee because I graduated from Florida State University. Um, but shortly after college, you know, I've in and out of a few jobs and definitely more than willing to talk about that. But a recruiter actually placed me with a company in this industry where I kind of got my feet wet and started for a couple of years because 
truth is, I didn't even know what a structured settlement was when I first got started with this. Like it was all brand new to me, just like it's brand new to a lot of people that I talk to about. Um, but I found a lot of success in having the ability to help a lot of people transition out of these policies, gain access to their cash now, and find a lot of other benefits to help them short-term and long-term in, in their life. And listen, for some people, these policies do pose a really good opportunity where they should stick with it. But for others, when the opportunity is right and for the right individual, it makes a lot of sense. Get that cash now and deploy it in other avenues. Were you a little bit on the skeptical side when you first heard about it? Because I think a lot of the times when people hear something like that, that's that's new and a little bit different. Their initial thoughts are, well, it obviously doesn't work like that. There's probably it's probably a scam. Like they tend to tune it out because most people aren't aware of it. And then they shut out these opportunities in life. And, you know, I guess it's a normal, skeptical, healthy thought, but you work through it with stuff. Obviously, how did you start to get your feet underneath you and see that there was this benefit and really believe in it? Yes, yeah, so I, I think the the first, like, I'd say people that have done transactions with competitor companies are more than open because they've gone through the process once. The skepticism and where people are like really on the fence, like, is this real? Are, are you for real? Are you trying to like pull one over on me? Those were the people that maybe have never touched the policy ever before. Maybe they've seen a like an opera singing commercial from my <laughs> biggest competitor, but I won't I won't name them here and give them that shout out. But um, that's really the only introduction that people have had to this industry for the most part. Um, so I do notice that it takes a pretty good introduction process. There, there's an education period, and again, it has to be right. Like, do people have the opportunity to? pay off some really, really high interest debt where that interest is just compounding and killing somebody? Or is there the opportunity to invest in a, a single family home for themselves and their family to have investment real estate, whether single family or multifamily commercial? Um, a lot of people have kind of started transitioning away from these policies since they're so low interest bearing working with a financial advisor, trying to maximize their return over time. So there, there, there's a lot of instances, but yeah, there, there's certainly a learning and an education period for somebody this this is new to. So when you first start hearing about this or getting into this, what what's how did it become something that you decided that you wanted to focus on versus some other things? Because I feel like you've you've niched on, which is why I thought you were a great fit for this podcast, because I love when people kind of like hyper focus on one thing and just become an expert at and bring their a game to it and the fact that there were so many other things to maybe get into you know people study life insurance policies or the good all everybody has a like little niche and you have this very specific one why yeah. this one like how did that become like your main focus that you decided you wanted to dig in and become the best at this so when I first got started working after college, I'd say the first up, up to the first two years after college, I was in a bunch of different sales roles and it was mainly in the construction industry, actually. So I was dealing with gutters, insulation, hurricane impact windows and doors, because, you know, all being down here in South Florida, hurricane impact protections, pretty important. Um, and honestly, I just hated it. <laughs> I hated it. They're, they're like, it just wasn't getting the, the wheel spinning. I didn't feel too accomplished. And then I started finding out what else is out there. And that's when that recruiter kind of placed me. So kind of jumped forward a couple of years later after I had been in the industry for a while, I, I, I 
quit the job. I had a little bit of a period where I couldn't work in the industry. So I gave it those few months and I got my 215 license, which allowed me to do health insurance, life insurance, variable fixed annuities. Like I could put people into policies and, and now I'm, I'm on the other side of it. I'm obviously like get, helping people get out of those <laughs> structured settlements. But during those, you know, three, four five months that I was messing around in the insurance side and I was dealing with a lot of Medicare stuff, it was again, like I went back to like, not really, it wasn't rewarding to me. Like I didn't feel like I was like really helping people all that much. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go back. I'm going to do this kind of on my own and I'm going to see how it, it works. And it just really blossomed from there relatively quickly. I was able to start helping a lot of people gain access to their money now. And it's rewarding to them. It's rewarding for me. You know, I'm, I'm all about trying to create win-win opportunities. That's outstanding, man. I, I love that side of it. So backing it up a little bit for like someone like Barney style, talk about like, what is a structured, structured settlement for people who are sitting there going, well, what is a structured settlement anyway? Can you explain a little bit about what it is if people are not familiar with it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a, a really good place to, to start <laughs> up because a lot of people are probably listening to me like, what the hell is a structured settlement? So anyways, the structured settlement side usually stems from a personal injury case, medical malpractice, or a wrongful death. So we have kind of two sides to our industry, right? We have the structured settlement side, and then there's another side to it with lottery annuities. Those lottery annuities are very positive, right? Obviously, somebody played a scratch off. They bought a winning lottery ticket, and they he, when they won, it was truly an award to them. It's a blessing, right? They had the ability. Lump sum now, or it's usually structured over a 20-year annuity. Like So when you see someone win the lottery, right, and it's like, oh, okay, $10 million winner, that $10 million is spread out over a, typically a 20-year annuity. So you don't actually get $10 million as the lump. You're going to get after taxes, after present day valuation with a discount value, you're going to get like a portion of that up front as the lump sum option. So that's the lottery side, like true award. The other side with the structured settlements, like I mentioned, personal injuries, wrongful death, medical malpractice. I mean, think about those three buckets, for example, something pretty severe or pretty negative happened to the individual for them that bring up a lawsuit and try and get monetary compensation for themselves and their family in certain instances. Not an award. It's not like the lottery side, right? They're being compensated for an injury. Um, they're, they're settling that case. And, and sometimes they can get the cash now, but especially with minors, you can't get compensation when you're under 18 because they're not going to allow the parents to control the funds. So it gets structured in a type of annuity policy called a structured settlement that would maybe start issuing payments when they turn 18. Other people might choose the structured settlement option as compared to the cash now because they, whatever their needs are at the time and needs obviously change, they might have a structure of 20, 30 plus years where that income was maybe better monthly for them at that time. That's awesome. I appreciate you going through that. And uh, it, is, it is interesting because part of what you're talking about is the opportunity to take what you're doing and make some money now so you can reinvest it and maybe something that's going to pay you or arbitrage you more than what you would be borrowing it for or getting in the in the short versus long term. And I think that whole cliche of like people who win the lottery, they're broke next year. I think when somebody like you comes along and works out the numbers for like, here's what you would get cash now versus cash later over this amount of time. And, you know, I think it really comes down to like, what are you going to be able to do with that money? So talking about that a little bit, yeah. you have a conversation with somebody. Let's say, let's start out. They're not even like a, a savvy real estate investor. They're just 
an average Joe or Jane who comes across this stuff, what does the conversation sound like for like, hey, this is why you might want to? Because I'm assuming like part of what you do is you say, this is what it would be structured over 10, well, 20 years is probably what you're saying in most cases. I can get you that money out sooner and here would be the benefits for that. So what would some of that be for like, let's let's say non-investors first and then we'll talk towards entrepreneurs. Yeah, I'd say for the average person, it's we're trying to come across, we're trying to introduce ourselves as both individuals and uh, a company and really do some digging and, and try to get to know people on a really personal level. Because the more that we know about them, the, the more that we can try and offer our service, right? So you're right. Somebody that's maybe not as entrepreneurial or savvy with their investing, how could we help them? Well, there's a number of ways, but again, we need them to kind of open up to us so that way we can offer a solution to a problem. If we don't know a problem exists, how could we even remotely find it advantageous for them to do this type of transaction? If there's no need, maybe it's best for them to leave it alone, right? It, it, it might, this might not be the right fit for everybody, but we felt people like with really high interest credit card debt. Um, one of the examples um, that I've been kind of using because it's a really good story is two of them. So there's a woman, uh, Amanda, that we recently helped. And with Amanda, she wanted to complete everything to become a registered nurse. But the main thing with her is she's like, listen, my, my credit score is not that great. I don't feel like taking out student loans again. I just don't want additional monthly income or I'm, not, I'm sorry, not additional monthly income. She didn't want additional monthly expenses, right? So she was getting about 350, 400 bucks a month, somewhere around that range. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me to be exact, but it's basically what she had. And I know that we were able to get her access to close to like $15,000 up front. And it's like, all right, so you have 350 a month. What is that doing for you? One, it's a smaller, it's a smaller policy, but two, that 15,000 for her, she's like, listen, I could pay for everything that I need to do and, and complete my nursing degree. It might not help me in the next year, year and a half, but once I get this completed, like we figured out she was going to be like net positive over a thousand dollars additional a month compared to her current situation. So like, I like that because she, what did she do? She bet on herself. She's like, listen, if I get this money, I can pay for education. I can get a better job. I can increase my earnings potential and have a higher salary to me, perfect fit. Okay, let, let's work together. Um, another pretty good example in, in that similar type of mindset was a guy named Justin. So what Justin wanted to do is he always wanted to be a mechanic. Same thing. He had, it's not that he had a bad credit score. He had no credit history at all. And he was in the same boat. He didn't really have much of an income at the time. He was only getting $500 a month from his settlement. And we were able to raise him about $39,000. And that $39,000 helped him do two things, helped him go pay for trade school to become a mechanic. And it also got him into like a reliable used vehicle. That way he can get to and from work because he was walking everywhere in his hometown. He didn't have a car. So we got him into a vehicle and we're going to get him into having trade school completely paid for. And guess what his salary is going to be? His salary is going to be about, depending on if he sticks with basic or if he goes a little bit more advanced in terms of like the type of mechanic he's going to become, he was saying to us that he's going to make between four and 6,000 a month. $500 from a settlement is your only source of income or four to 6,000 because he's like, I'm going to bet on myself. And again, just like Amanda, 
I want to have a better career. I want to increase my salary and I'll be set better that way compared to this. You know, it almost reminds me of the reverse of, you know, you know, the marshmallow test that they give kids. No. So there's this, there's like these videos online, they call it the marshmallow test. And they basically go like, Hey, like we're going to, there, there's a couple different versions of it, but one of them is they go, Hey, you can have a big old marshmallow now, or if you wait until tomorrow, you can have two. And like most of the kids are like, give me that marshmallow, give me that marshmallow. And generally like the thought is like, if you have delayed gratification, like it pays off later. But I feel like this is almost the opposite of like, what is that marshmallow tomorrow doing for you? Look what the marshmallow today can do for you. And I think it's like almost that extra switch or people don't realize of like, yeah, like, cause they, they think all oh, 350 a month would be great. But like you said, in theory, yes. But what is that really doing for you right now versus what could that be doing for you? And I think in the opposite sense of that, it's what they're doing with that money is the marshmallow tomorrow. They're going, look, like today, that's not really helping me. But if I pull this now and I do A, B, and C with it, look where I'll be two, three, four years from now versus yeah. I'm staying right here at that 350 a month, no matter what. And then eventually that runs out. And now I get to literally exponentially. It's almost like a compound interest on your time and your money. It's pretty awesome. No, for sure. And I think that there's a couple things there, right? Because there still is with those two, for example, there's a slight curb with that delayed gratification because they're still going to have to go to trade school. They're still going to have to get the license to become a registered nurse and they're going to have to start that job at some point. So well, maybe that delayed gratification is six to 12 months instead of having to wait month by month by month for only 350 or 500 to trickle in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'd rather wait that six to 12 months and, and they agreed. Um, but to go back to your previous question too, I mean, some of the other situations would be if somebody wanted to maybe raise some money, put a down payment on a home to be able to purchase a property. Um, if you didn't want to take out loans, home equity line of credit, do refinancing on your mortgage to pay for home renovations, or if some, some something went out like your roof and you had to have a pretty costly repair, um, you could use your structured settlement money, cash part, portion of it out. Um, again, there's pros and cons to each option. It's just a matter of what is best for the individual. And, I think that that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about the other two, the argument on the other side is, well, keep that monthly income. It's stable. It's this and that, and then take out a student loan. The one thing to keep in mind is they were of the mindset. They did not want to take on any additional debt. They wanted to be debt-free. They didn't want to have extra monthly payments be made on those loans that they were taking out to go to schooling. They felt that it was best to liquidate the asset and pay for that upfront cash. Okay. So one of the things you said there, I think is, is funny because it's, well, you know, I could pull this out now and I can invest, but now I'm going to have to go to trade school for six months. I'm going to have to go get my license. And I feel like that's the, that comes down to the mindset again of like, what are you seeing the value? It reminds me when people go, Hey, look, you could start flipping houses and you could like totally change your, yeah. But then if I start making more money, then I got to pay more taxes. And it's like, oh, I can't, I can't help you. You know what I mean? Like they just, they come up with things of like, well, I'm not going to do that because this, and it's just a way to justify stuff. So I feel like you're in a unique position because you, in that situation, are probably talking to people, like you said, again, they don't understand debt first leverage and to them, it might be better of like, I don't have this cash, but I don't want to get into more debt. Whereas an investor might say, hey, I'd rather leverage that because then I can keep that cash on hand and do something else with it. So you're having people that maybe don't really understand the way that money works on the level that you might, and you still have to, you know, I feel like it's a little, a little bit of a more different conversation because you're staying 
it's an uphill battle right from the beginning because of just the consumer mindset. Are you finding that a little bit or are people kind of catching on to the benefits of it more than the average bear that I'm giving credit for? So I got to say, since I've been creating content about my industry and trying to be very educational, if you've, I don't know, like you might've seen some stuff, but if you're new to, to me and new to my page, you like, I'm very educational in the way that I like create content. I'm not trying to convince anybody to do anything they're uncomfortable with. And I'm not saying that this is even right for everybody. It's going to be right for the, for a certain person at the right time. Right. But yeah, it, it's always a difficult uphill battle to have somebody kind of open up and trust in you to be able to give you personal information because who really is going to sit here on the first couple phone calls and want to start just divulging all their personal information. Oh yeah, I have all these debts and this debt and here's my income and here's how much I make from my job and here's all my annuity information. Like you got to earn someone's trust before they're willing to open up to you. And once you get through that barrier and you get over that hurdle, yes, it's much easier to find out, can we help you? Can we not? Can we offer some type of solution to what you have going on in your life? So your daily conversations are not all that different than mine. The average investor that's doing kind of a direct to seller type of stuff, it's, it's extremely similar of like, you're trying to build rapport, you're talking to people, you're trying to get them to open up about what's going on, what their real problem is, and then finding a way of like, hey, can I even solve your problem? I don't even know. We have yeah. to get to the point where you're even willing to talk about it. And then we can figure out like, can I help you with your house? Can I do X, Y, and Z? And so I, I feel like the principles of that are the same where people tend to want to come in and just talk, 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 versus you have to do active listening. You have to establish trust. You have to really be like paying attention to those cues. That's a skill in itself. And it sounds like if you change your conversations from structured settlement stuff to real estate stuff, you do just as good. Where did you learn that stuff? Is that just something you naturally had and understood or were you taught or took courses or trainings on learning those people skills? So first of all, yeah, I think you're right. Because if you think about a lot of real estate people that are probably listening to this based on what your podcast is geared towards, think about what I'm doing and just flip it with wholesaling real estate right? I mean, when you're wholesaling real estate, what are you doing? You're trying to build a good rapport and, and build a connection and a relationship with those homeowners. So that way they would open up to you a little bit and find out if there is a need for them to sell you that property and get them their cash now, get out of that investment and, and move on with their life with cash in hand. Switch in structured settlements. It's really the same concept as wholesale real estate, really the same thing. Um, Going back to your question on sales, honestly, like, so I took obviously some sales courses while I was at Florida State, and those were probably the most beneficial classes that I took while I was there. Um, those are really, it was really like the one professor, Pat Palantino, like he was the <laughs> only guy that stood out to me. Like, I probably couldn't name off any other um, professor that I had while I was there, but he was the one guy that I was like, man, that guy's class was phenomenal. Um but outside of that, I think it's just experience, to be honest with you. Like the more conversations that you're having, the amount of years that I've been doing this, like I think you just figure out how to properly communicate and how to properly problem solve. If you're if you're not getting your feet wet and you're not having conversations like that all the time, like how can you figure out how you're going to help somebody best? Because I have a service that's very, very unique. I'm like, right? Like most people don't know about it. And if you even have this type of policy and this is the first time it's being introduced to you is over a phone call, 
the skepticism is so high. Like, I'm not going to call you and just say, hey, by the way, like, you can get your cash now. Let me help you. Like, who's going to ever say yes to that? Like, so no, it's all about relationship building. It's all about being more consultative as compared to pushy. Because if there is no need, there is no solution for me to, to, to solve. We might just have to build a relationship for a year or two or three down the road before you even need me. But but now that we have that relationship, I'm, I'm here if something ever changes. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesale, and fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. So that brings up another interesting point. Are you seeing are, that the business is coming in a little bit like it would on the on the real estate side where you have a conversation with somebody today, maybe some of them agree to sell your house in three weeks, but maybe other ones call you nine months, a year, a year and a half from now, and they go, hey, Anthony, now I'm ready. I've been watching social media. I appreciate the way you handled the call. Does it snowball? Is there is there like a general timeline or is it just uh, a, like a conveyor belt of stuff that just kind of pops in over time? So in terms of timeline, the fastest that we're going to probably see anything happen is 30 to 40 days. Like it, it just, it never happens where somebody either calls in or we, we reach out to them. They, they see our social media, they respond to a letter in the mail. Anything from first contact to when we start working with somebody is going to be at a minimum, minimum 30 to 45 days before we start working together. So there's definitely a period uh, type of lapse between building that initial relationship to where we know if we can help you and that you're going to trust us to want to work with us compared to some of the other companies that are out there. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had, I've had customers take as long as three years to come around before they finally decided to work with me. Wow. That's, that's patience right there. My friend, they like it. <laughs> it's the long ball, right? Yeah. And it was funny because that one was like, you know, we, we would have conversations for like, um, once every, I'd say four to six months with the one guy that I'm thinking of as an example, we'd catch up three, four, six months at a time. He was a great guy. We'd always talk about investing. He was really into crypto. He was into the stock market. He was pretty entrepreneurial, wanted to start a business one day, but every time we'd have a conversation, we'd end up like talking about investment, investment, investment. Um, so I, like I knew that he like saw the bigger picture and why having access to his cash now would be extremely helpful. But after three years, he finally called me directly one day and was like, I have opportunities now. I think I'm finally ready to do this. I just wanted to see if you were still answering your phone because like it's been three years, your number hasn't changed. You haven't gone <laughs> anywhere. I still see you on social media. Like you're legit, aren't you? And I was like, well, yeah. What did you, what did you yeah. think that I was like, just talking to you for three years because I have some like negative thing up my sleeve. No, like I'm here, my service is available. Like if there's a way that I can help you, I will. 
but yeah, it was just funny the way that that unfolded. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I love that. So tying that in, a lot of the investors that listen to this show and have been on this show, uh, systems come up a lot for CRMs and follow-up campaigns and nurturing and drip campaigns. What are you using to track who you're talking to and how you follow up and what channels? Is it calls, text messages, emails? Like talk a little bit about your marketing, your follow-up campaigns. Yeah, so we do um, a lot of cold calling and texting in terms of trying to reach out to people individually that we know for a fact have the type of policy that we're able to help with because uh, because being targeted is pretty key for us. Um, the social media side is completely different because that's just all organic and we're just, I'm just putting content out there, not knowing if it reaches the right people or not. So that's obviously not targeted. Um, CRM, I use uh, a pretty basic system called Pipedrive. Uh, I've had pretty good experience with it. Um, I've been using it for years. There's obviously more advanced systems out there, but it is pretty organized with being able to have um, integration with um, online phones. Um, calls can be recorded. They can be placed in the, in the file um, as a note. That way you can go back and listen to the call if you need to. Very organized with notes, being able to create an activity and consistently follow up um, with potential individuals we can offer that service to. So if you want to schedule an activity for let's say two weeks from now at 10 a.m. because they're, that's when they said they'd be available, that activity links to your email calendar and boom, it's, it's scheduled nice and neat. Um, it integrates everything pretty good with emails as well to be able to have email tracking. But yeah, phone call, texting, and then we do direct mail campaigns as another form of marketing uh, to help get our name out there to the people we're trying to reach. I think that's incredible because if you are listening to this, We've always talked about the, the lead generation aspect, whether it's finding somebody for a structured annuity, finding somebody as a realtor, as an investor, somebody, if you just opened up a restaurant and you want them to know that you're in town, like the basic principles of lead generation are really all the same. It's just like you said about targeting and, and what you're picking, but those same principles of building a business and letting people know you're out there and doing some outbound marketing campaigns, it really is all the same. It's just a little bit of a different product. And people do that because it freaking works. Yeah, and it's a little archaic for us because if you think about it, everybody's moved digital and I'm trying to obviously make a push based on all the content that I'm making to go digital, but direct mail still reaches people, right? I mean, and, and you never know, like I'm helping people that are 22, 25, but, I'm, but I've also had customers that are 55 and 60, right? So there's a wide range in the demographic that we're trying to reach and especially on the older side of the crowd, uh, you know, they, they've started going on social media, just like the younger generation, but older side, they still appreciate that direct mail, that letter that's being sent and directed right at them. And, and they'll, they'll still respond. And you can certainly uh, gain new customers through direct mail. It's, it's not dead. I, I love always looking at what's saturated because generally what's saturated, the thing that was prior now might not be as saturated. So like, that's a great example where everybody goes, I'm going online because everybody's on social media now. It's like, yeah, but direct mail is always performed. If more and more people are going digital, maybe you can hit where everybody's not getting slammed with all this online marketing and algorithms and Instagram ads and Facebook ads. So same thing, like I'm hearing a lot of, a lot of people now they're going, Hey, we're not going off market. Now we're going direct in MLS and we're dealing with realtors. And I'm like, cool. If they're all going to now start dealing with realtors, I'll go back and hit, you know what I mean? So it's, the stuff always works. The, the peaks and valleys of like what's working and what's not, I think is always just something 
you have to pivot with and you have to look at what's there. But, but I mean, direct mail, I, I literally was just talking to Adam Whitney about it. And he was like, dude, it's still king. I do everything and it's still bringing in more. And I just had a conversation with another investor. And we were talking about radio and TV ads, which, okay. which can be expensive. I mean, obviously that's not something you start out with. And she kind of shook her head and she was like, radio ads are stupid. It's dead. You're wasting your money. Nobody does that anymore. And I was like, highly disagree. There's still such a demographic of people that are just radio people. And you're catching like the older, like sometimes it's your absolute best client that might've owned a house free and clear for years later on in life. Like could be another great thing for you, but like there, there's always something there. It's just about sticking with something and having it work. So kind of a long way to go to ask you, but did you start marketing all these different ways? Or did you start with like one or two channels, get some money and then slowly grow? Like where do you decide to do it? And how do you track what's working and what's not? I mean, for us, we started with simple, just pick up the phone, dial, reach out, introduce yourself and, and offer the service. I mean, that was that was as basic as it got for us being at a starting point. Um, and then, of course, you know, you advance from cold calling to texting. And then, of course, we graduated to direct mail. And now we implement all three. Um, from there, it wasn't until recently, like, it's funny that you said what you said, though, right? Because you said, go to direct mail, because that's where most people are not. While everybody moved digital, my industry is the complete opposite. Everybody still does direct mail, because they know that historically, ever since this industry has been around, that it worked to reach the people that you want to reach. Nobody was online. Huh. Nobody. I mean, even... The only person that was online is my biggest competitor that everybody in the world knows about. And, and it's because they had tens of millions of dollars to spend, but even they were just posting their commercials online. They weren't building content that was educational or helping anybody at all. So that's why I, I still do direct mail, but I pivoted to go online because I wanted to go where everybody wasn't. And I might be like letting the cat out of the bag and <laughs> out there for, with the competitors watching that. But I was like, okay, there's literally nothing. Like if I had a policy and I'm going to put myself in my customer's shoes, where am I going to learn about this? How am I going to learn? What, what does the process entail? What, what are my options? What can I use this money for? How does this work? Like there was nothing. You, you went online. There was nothing. So that's why I started doing what I was doing because I pivoted to where everybody was not. I like that, man. That's smart. Uh, so pivoting that now, again, we talked a little bit about what can the average Joe or Jane do with the structured settlement? How does that come in now for the real estate investors? So for the real estate investors, I, I know just based on like our network and a lot of the people that I follow and see online, everybody likes to talk about other people's money, other people's money. And yeah, if, if you're, if you're getting to the point where you're so advanced and you have so many deals you don't know what to do with that you have to rely on other people's money. Maybe, maybe this option isn't for you either because you're, you're able to use other people's money, invest in all your projects while still having your structure settlement intact, collecting income from that too. But if you're just getting kind of started out, you've only done a handful of deals, you're, you're not ready to take that next step up and graduate to other people's money. Think about what this would do for you, right? If you gained access to your cash now and you were able to cover whether uh, an all cash buy, finance just a small portion of it, you know, you're, you're able to do all the renovations on your fix and flips with your personal cash, how much greater is your return on investment going to be when the time comes to flip the property, right? I mean, 
if you don't have to take out loans, you don't have to take out financing, you don't have to do private equity lines of credit where people are asking you for 12 plus percent on, on their investing to lend you cash. Don't get me wrong. It's great when you have 20 deals going on at the same time. But if, you, if you're doing one or two flips at a time, you're, it's probably better for you to keep that money for yourself instead of having to pay that high interest on it. I love that. And you you said a couple of really cool things. And obviously, we're going to link to your social media. But I liked a lot of the things you were saying on there. And one of them, I think, was really interesting about specifically what you were relating it to as far as the current versus future value of your home versus the current versus future value of your structured settlement. So yeah. if you could tell the audience a little bit about that, if they haven't seen it, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So um, basically, it's very, very difficult for people to understand present day value. It, it's easy for us to see, okay, if you take something today and you gain, let's just say 10% interest on $100,000, what is 10% interest on $100,000? you are going to make 10 grand, right? So it's easy to, to calculate how that accrues over time. What's difficult for people to understand is when you say, I have a 500,000 payment that's due to me in 25 years, and then we offer you what it's worth in today's market, there's, there's always gonna be some sticker shock. It's gonna be like, wait a second, I'm due 500,000, why are you offering me this? It has 25 years worth of interest to accrue in order for it to be worth that full value that's on your contract. Like it, just because it shows 500,000 on paper doesn't mean it's worth that today. So the analogy is the usual aggregate amounts are like a property value. So I wanted to compare it to real estate. With real estate, if you have a $250,000 home today, real estate on average over the last 130 years is three to 3.3% annual return in single family real estate, at least. I don't know about commercial, but for single family. With the rule of 72 at 3%, that means that your property value would double every 24 years. So that $250,000 home today, 24 years from now, could be worth $500,000. So it's the same thing, just reverse it, right? You have a $500,000 payment that's out there. If, you, if it's only worth $200,000, $250,000 today, still because just like that piece of property that you have, it's got to accrue interest for 25 years before it's worth it. So why isn't somebody sell their $250,000 home for 500,000 in today's market. <laughs> it's because you're looking at comparables, bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage. Uh, is it up to date with renovations or does it need work? Like you take all of that into account with your neighborhood and surrounding area when you put your house up for sale. I you can only get idea. what it's worth today. That's fantastic. And uh, another thing that I thought you talked about that was great just for a general rule of thumb for anybody looking for something to invest in. Can you explain a little bit of the rule of 72? Yeah, so the rule of 72 basically states if you take the annual interest that you're earning divided by 72, that's the amount of years it takes for you to double your principal investment. So I'll use 10% since I just threw that out there. So 72 divided by 10 would be 7.2 years for you to double your investment. So if you had 100,000 today, earning 10% per year, 7.2 years from now, it's going to be worth 20,000. That's excellent, man. So it's all good stuff. And I never thought I'd say it like when I was younger in high school and stuff, but I just love math, dude. It tells you 
all the things like it becomes a very straightforward thing when it's like, well, this is just the math behind it. There is no emotion. There is no feelings behind it. It's just, it's pretty straight cut and dry. So that's always helped me a lot in life. So uh, yeah, as we, as we start to wrap this up, sir, a couple of things, I I call this the lightning round. I want to ask you uh, some questions as we wrap this up a little bit, the victory lap, if you will. One, what is one of your favorite books? One of my favorite books. Um, I'm I'm actually going to give you two. So okay. I'm super competitive person. I've always been my whole life growing up playing sport. Winning by Tim Grover. That one, like, I don't like, and I never enjoyed reading, but I forced myself to. And that was one book that I couldn't put down. Like the way that he described winning and what it takes to win. Absolutely loved it. Amazing book. Um, the other one for me was actually the first book that I read. And I think Mark Evans was the one that maybe recommended it somewhere, somehow was who, not how, because to me, like, and I I've been guilty of it until recently, I spent years really being more of like solopreneur or only having like one or two people with me. And I've really changed my mindset to try to start building a team in order to scale and help more people because at the end of the day if you're trying to figure out how to do everything and you have your hands in all these different baskets you're only going to get so much done you got to get to the point where you can start figuring out who can help me or who has the skill set that i can like divvy up um, opportunities to and really like grow I love that, man. In the uh, it's funny because I'm I'm reading Atomic Habits right now, and I just read The Miracle Morning, and there are these books that I've just had on my shelf for years that I never read, and the one I have next, actually sitting on my counter right now, is Winning by Tim Grover. So that's going to be next on my list, and I, I think that's pretty incredible. And it brings up another interesting question. So when I tell people and, and they look at me and they're like, "Well, you know, training and mentorship and masterminds and all this stuff," and they kind of roll their eyes. The example I use is I don't care how good you are, or how smart you are, or how much you think you know. You could be the best pitcher in baseball. You could be the best quarterback. But if you don't have a team around you, you're not going to win any championships. And all of the people that are the best, I don't care how good they are. They're always trying to find ways to get to the next level or perform better with less, you know, if it's a business, make more profit with less expenses. An athlete, how do I have higher efficiency? How do I improve my performance and have less lag or drag or injuries or whatever it is? And my example I always use is like, look how good Michael Jordan is, the greatest of all time. And he still has a coach. He has Tim Grover to help him with like these little minute details that could make the difference between you being great to being the greatest of all time. So pivoting that question is we met through a mastermind shout out again to Mark Evans and the DM Alliance, but I'm always somebody that for years has invested in networks that I can be a part of with circles of guys that make me feel like I don't know anything, which I think is a, a huge value to being the dumbest guy in the room. Or some of the tactical stuff for people to mentor me so I know I don't make those mistakes and take those hits. How have masterminds and networking and mentoring and things like that helped you in your business? Tremendously. I, I'm, I'm with you. There was a point where I didn't even know what a mastermind was, really. Like I think it was when I read Think and Grow Rich, that was the first time I was like, all right, mastermind seems like a great idea, getting around like-minded people, so on and so forth. But um, I, I'd say I'm like just hitting a year now that I've been involved in a mastermind group. Like this is the first one that I hopped into and it wasn't too long before that, that I really like started getting out of my comfort zone and networking. But I mean, for example, the first network event that I ever went to, which like catapulted me to like want to join a mastermind, I went to Grant Cardone's, um, business mastermind down in, uh, Aventura near Miami. 
And I went there specifically to learn about scaling and hiring because I was trying to get away from like, how do I do everything into who, like I mentioned before. And I wanted to go there and be like, all right, I'm going to learn from someone who's been there, who's done that, who has billions under management. Like, let me learn from the best on how to build a team and how to scale at that event. No such thing as coincidence, right? At that event, I found the person that I ultimately hired to be like, my senior uh, account executive here and like my right hand man in my business today. And that was the first event that I ever met, went to. If I didn't go to that event, I wouldn't have met him and I wouldn't have started to build like a very reliable team. And then going to the mastermind group, like I just didn't have people in my network that I could really relate to as business owners and what we go through on the day to day as entrepreneurs, like the ups, the downs, the you know, really, really high moments. And then you have periods where you're like, why am I even doing this? Like, <laughs> so like, you, I didn't have anybody to talk to about that. So to, to be around a group of whatever we have now, 90 to 100 people in the DM Alliance, I'm having conversations every week with different business owners. And then when we do our weekly Zoom call, man, it's like, I've been in that situation. I know exactly what this guy's talking about. Like, let me reach out to him. Or if I'm saying what problem that I have, then I have people reaching out to me. It just shows you like that, that good old saying, you're, you're kind of the best of the five people that you hang around. You got to hang around better people. I love that. I agree with you, man. I, th I think it's huge. And I have to get better getting on those Zooms live. But when you realize that everybody's going through the same things, or if they've been through what you're going through at some point, it's just such, because you, as an investor or entrepreneur, a lot of the times you, you feel like you're alone on an island and like nobody else gets it. Nobody goes, you're watching people's Instagram. You're like, man, everybody's just making money so easy. Like, does anybody have these problems? And then you realize like, oh yeah, this person had the same problem with their partner or this or that. And, you know, I think it just, uh, it makes it so relatable and it gives you hope of like, okay, cool. Like everybody else does go through these things. And now I have people I can go to that have already been through it and they can already help me and cutting that curve and just having somebody talk you through, I call it the bat phone. When you feel like the sky's falling, somebody's yeah. like, I've already been through this. This is how I handled it. I mean, it, it's worth its weight in gold when you do have those problems. So I agree, man. Shout out to that whole group. I think it's uh, an amazing thing. And so. you can avoid problems because you're, you're, you're hearing like all the problems that are going on and they're asking for help on how to solve it. And you might not have that problem right now because you're not on the level that they're at, but guess what? You hear about it, you hear the solution for it. Now you know how to avoid it or what to do when you get there. So it's all, it, it's like advanced learning as well. So you're just catapulting the abilities that you have. I love that, dude. I use the example a lot. I go, if anybody watches MMA or boxing or football or hockey or any contact sport, when a guy gets knocked out cold, the first thing he says when he woke up is, what happened? It's what they didn't see. So you have literally a whole, like like you said, 90, 100 people around that be like, we've already been hit with these shots. We've already stepped in these landmines. Don't do these things. And it just saves your brain and your business and your wallet and everything, a bunch of stress and financial time. So yeah, I man. love all that, man. I think it's great. Phenomenal. <laughs> so one, one last thing, what is one of your favorite quotes? My favorite quotes? Um, I kind of like that perfect practice makes perfect. Everybody understands it as practice makes perfect, but you could be practicing the wrong things over and over and over again and perfecting something that you don't even want. You could be perfecting bad habits. Perfect practice makes perfect. If you do the right do things the right way repeatedly over and over and over with consistency, you're going to perfect it in the way that you want it to be done. I love that, man. I thought this was uh, excellent stuff and a uh, one of a kind and a very original episode for us. Cause again, I don't know if anybody that knows the stuff you do and, and 
tackles that topic like that. So very much appreciate you coming on and reaching out and uh, sharing some of your experience here, man. For people who want to connect with you, work with you, follow you, find out how you can maybe help them with their structured settlement stuff, or just pick your brain on any level for anything business related. What's the best way to, con to contact you? How do they find you? Like talk all things Anthony Siapa. Absolutely. So the, the company name again is American Annuity Funding. So if you did have a structured settlement, you can follow American Annuity Funding pretty much on any platform. We have a Facebook group as well as uh, Instagram, um, YouTube channel. And then me personally, I'm just starting off with like a, a personal YouTube channel where I'm going to try and be doing more and more interviews with people in my network and, and introduce some high level people, whether it's in the business world or investing. I'd like my following to connect with those individuals and hopefully gain some value there. So that's a goal of mine on YouTube. You'd be able to find it, Anthony, last name C-I-O-P-P-A. If you just type that in on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok as well, you can just type in my full name and you'll find me right away. Awesome. And anybody listening to the show, we'll have all that stuff linked live in the show notes and we can uh, definitely have them directly link up with you right from there. This has been outstanding, sir. Everything you do, you obviously bring your A-game to. This interview has been no different. You definitely brought your A-game today. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Um, final thoughts would be, I'd like to gear something more towards the general person that I work with as compared to the investor, just in case there is somebody that's not at the investor level yet, right? So what? when I first graduated college, I found myself in a little bit of trouble, right? I had a maxed out credit card. I couldn't afford to pay the rent at the condo that I had. Like I got too far ahead of myself. And I actually had to take a loan from both my mom and my dad, 5,000 each, so 10,000 total to get the hell out of that condo, break the lease, pay off a credit card that had 29.99% interest accruing on it that I couldn't afford until I like, got a really good job and, and bettered my situation. And if I could start there and get to the point that I'm at now, what could somebody with a settlement do if they're in that point in their life? Like, what if they didn't have a parent to lend them 5,000 each? What if they needed that settlement to raise the 10 grand, get out of debt, get in a better spot, move back home? Like, use this as a catapult to better yourself, bet on yourself, better your life, better your career and your earnings potential. And then you can worry about the investing side later. I love that, man. Excellent advice, wise words. And this has been a fantastic show. I very much appreciate it. Please follow him on social media, YouTube, a link to all those things. Have a great day, sir. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me.